You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Good morning. Everybody good today? Awesome, awesome. Well, let me tell you, you're not my father, but happy Father's Day. Raise your right hand if you're a father. All right, hold them up. Raise your left hand if you're a grandfather. Being father's a tough road. Grandfather's a good reward for making it all the way through to the other side. Okay. All right, so this morning, since it's Father's Day, I think we should just start off with a little bit of fun. So uh, I asked Wanda if she could help me find a couple of photos that possibly you could relate to as a father, uh, as a maybe a, a little bit younger father. I'm so glad that God planned for younger fathers to be fathers and not old guys to be fathers. He let old guys be grandfathers so we get to enjoy it. But if you've ever been to the beach, I'm going to tell you how you spot a father. They call him a beach mule. Now, this is, this is like fathers in the old days when you had to carry everything. Now they just pull a wagon, but they still got everything. Do you know you cannot take enough stuff to the beach? Did y'all know that? I mean, when I go to the beach, I have to get up early before anybody goes and goes down and put up an umbrella. So I learned early on that if you took a drill and an auger, you could just go and you could put that umbrella up like nobody's business. I told my grandson, if you want to make some money, just take that little dog and go down there and start digging holes. Just tell them you'll do it for an offering. It doesn't matter. You don't know what you'll get. Okay. Now, for the ones of you guys who know a little bit about my life, you'll know that I met some friends of mine years ago that have become some of my closest friends in the whole world. I do life with them consistently, but I really do life with them on a ski slope. I still love to snow ski. And so I want to show you what a ski dad looks like. <laughs> now, that's for people that have little kids, okay, is a ski dad. Where you got everything, you're bundling all up. They don't show you that by the time that guy gets to that point, he has already bought five lift tickets. Had to mortgage his house to get those lift tickets. And then he had to carry all this. But let me, let me go one step further. Wanda, do you guys love Wanda? She, oh, I'm telling you. All you have to do is tell Wanda where you want to go, and she'll come up with all kind of stuff. So she found this little video that um, most of us as young fathers could identify with this. Have any of you guys ever decided to take your children fishing? Watch this little video clip. All right, kids. Today, your old man is taking you fishing. Oh, man, I remember when my dad used to take me fishing. Oh, I always caught more fish than your grandpa. You know what, though? I always caught the fish on his line. <laughs> I guess I'm just good. All right, here we go. Oh, it's going to be fun. Ready, guys? This is dad's domain here. Oh. Oh, can you get that? All right, thank you. All right, good family outing. Okay, kids, now watch how I do it, and you might learn something. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Hey, hey, don't do that. No, no, too close to the edge. Don't do that. Baby girl, don't put that in your mouth. Yeah, I know, I forgot snacks. Don't eat the bait. Feel. Don't chase the geese. Now your shoes are full of goose poop. What are you doing? Don't dump out the worms. Oh, hold on, that tackle box is open. We're having fun here. We're having fun. No, don't swing it around. You're gonna get it tangled. Yeah, see, now you're tangled again. 
What did you do? Stop, 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 stop. Okay, 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 okay. What in the heck? We just got this out. Don't pull on it, Daddy just needs a second. <sighs> Where's my knife? Hold on, you're caught on each other here. Stop horsing it, you're gonna snap your line. See? Now you're tangled. Daddy hasn't even cast yet. Oh, ouch. Ah, 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 ah. There we go. And there you go. All untangled, buddy. Now Daddy's gonna do some fishing. No! Juno! What is this? Uh, let's see. Come on. Stupid Disney Frozen 2 pole. Elsa's no angler. Daddy, I need to go potty. Wait, what'd you say? You have to go potty? I gotta go poopy. You have to poop? <sighs> let's see if we got some TP. No, no. Oh, you're in luck, baby girl. I got one Arby's napkin. Come on, let's go. All right, come here, come here. Let's just go behind this tree. Oh my gosh. What did you eat, kid? Jeez, it's like peanut butter. Oh my gosh, it's like a bear's poop. Well, let's hope this one wipes enough. Oh! Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, oh buddy, oh. I oh, got daddy's ear. That's why I said you can't cast back like that. Oh, fun family outing. We're just having a fun family outing. It's okay, guys. All right, you just gotta pull it out of my ear real quick. Don't look, guys. One. Two, three, ah, 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 oh, oh, oh. And that is why I didn't let you get your ears pierced, you know. Uh, okay, fun family day. Oh, oh, don't do that. No, no, that's, that's littering. Okay. Oh, that is slippery. Oh, 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 oh. Don't slip, don't slip, don't slip, ah. Oh. Whoa. Did you have a good time? We had a great time. You have got to see these fish the kids caught. Is what, you know? No Whoa, what do we got? <laughs> Is he slimy? Daddy. Hey, you got one, buddy. You got one. Whoa, look at that. Juniper, you did it. So how many of you guys can relate to that kind of stuff? Oh my goodness, nice to be young. I barely remember it, but it's okay. Okay, so today we're all here to celebrate and honor fathers. And let me start off by telling you that one of the 10 commandments that God gave Moses to take down the hill to the people was honor your father and your mother that the days of your life may be long. So we're here this morning to um, honor our fathers and to just have a great day and enjoy one another. But can we start, can we pray first? Is that okay with you guys? Let's, let's pray. Father God, we do thank you, Lord Jesus, for bringing us here today together. I thank you for the word of God that says we need two of us or more gathered in your name that you'd be in our midst. So without a doubt, I know you're here with us today. You've been here with us in the first service. You'll be here with us at this service. I pray this morning that you would help me to deliver your message in an anointed way that will set people free, will help them be stronger in their faith, and that they will continue to increase their hope in you as their father. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so guys, this is not going to be your normal, everyday father's message. I'm not going to give you today a step-by-step -step plan of exactly what you need to do to become a great father. However, I know that in a congregation this size, there's probably at least one, two, maybe three fathers here that that's gonna be disappointing to you because you really wanted to know exactly what you need to do. Now, I'm not gonna tell you 
but I'm going to point you in the right direction. Ask your wife on the way home from church today. I promise you, she already has a list made of exactly what you need to do. And if you don't get it on the way home, she'll remind you again during the day because you asked for it, right? You know, I've, I, I was joking with the guys in the first, uh, before we did the first service. I said, you know, I don't, I don't know how to speak Japanese. I don't know how to speak Chinese. I don't really know how to speak this language, but I understand Wythanese. Okay? This pretty lady on the first row, in two weeks, I will have been married to her for 51 years. I love you. I understand wife and these. I'll give you an example. If we're, riding, if we're going somewhere on a trip and there's a billboard sign that says uh, outlet mall two miles ahead. My wife says, ooh, you see that sign? They, they got outlet malls here. Y'all know what that is in wife and niece? That is not, there's an exit in two miles. It's like, we are going to the mall we're going there, right? Aren't you getting off here? So you guys know that I am absolutely, I, I am most comfortable in blue jeans. I, I wear them. I put a jacket on. I put on nice shoes. But I, I wear, I love to wear jeans. And thank God, you know, when you own the company, you can wear whatever you want to wear. You know? So yesterday, or day before, my wife said to me, she said, what are you wearing to church on Sunday? Well, I wear the same thing every Sunday at church. That's not what that meant. Y'all do know that? That meant you're definitely, you're surely not wearing blue jeans on Sunday, are you? So guess what? I understand the language, okay? All right, so my goal this morning is not to talk to you about what you need to be a father I thought I'd start this off. If you guys are okay, can, can I just brag a little bit on, on my dad? Okay? Y'all okay with that? Yeah. Now, I want to tell you, I didn't always have a great relationship with my dad. So I don't want you to think I came out of the womb and my dad decided his whole life it was going to be a great relationship. It took a, lot, it took a while for us to get to this place because we're a lot alike. And you know how that goes. You know, it's like a strong-willed child and a strong-willed dad. You can just might as well forget it, you know. But anyway, let me tell you a couple things about my dad that, uh, that influenced my life tremendously. First thing I want to tell you is that my dad loved people. And he was in, energized by other people. So when they loved him, he loved them back. And my dad literally loved life. Life was an experience for my dad. After he met Jesus, it was really an experience for his life. My dad never met a stranger. Have you guys can relate to somebody who's never met a stranger? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, all they got to do is push the easy button and they start talking. You know, my dad knew how to reach somebody and do that. My dad was also a guy who always saw the glass half full. Do you know, contrary to what people believe or what they think, do you know that more people actually really see the glass half full than they do half empty? Do you know that? That's a true fact. If you don't believe it, go to Google. They'll tell you everything. Okay? So, my dad always saw the glass half full. Now, if you know somebody who always is that optimistic, sometimes they can drive you crazy. You know that? 
they just literally, I mean, that house is burning down and they're saying, thank God we got out. You know, or, you know, those pictures didn't matter in there. It didn't make any difference. I mean, we're all okay. We'll start over again. We don't have any money. It all got burned up. But don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. My dad was one of those kind of people that was like that. Okay. My dad believed that if you worked hard and stayed the course, you could have whatever you wanted to accomplish. You had to work hard and you had to stay the course. My dad was what we call magnetic. You know what that means? That means that when he walked in the room, people wanted to be around him. He was just like, he just brought a presence of magnetism with him. And that people, because of that, they just wanted him to be involved in what they were doing. My dad was a gentleman. He, he was very mannerly, uh, polite. He taught my sisters and me the importance of saying to my mom, yes, ma'am. No man. When we forgot, he very gently reminded us. That's not true. <laughs> it, it wasn't gently. Okay? My dad did not believe in time out. He didn't do time out. I never, ever remember my father putting me on restriction. But I will tell you what I do remember. I remember when it came time for discipline, my dad did it the old-fashioned way. Y'all know what I mean? It's amazing how some of those things I did once that I never did again in the rest of my life. It was kind of like where you grab the hand and you pull the belt out and you go around in circles. And the whole time you're saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And when you finally fall down, everything stops. After a couple times, I learned you fall down real quick. <laughs> you don't have to be a genius to learn how to fall down quick. So my dad didn't believe in this easy stuff. But I will tell you this. My dad had a tough time coming up in life. But every conversation my dad ever had with me, or with my sisters, every conversation ended with four words. To me, it was, I love you, son. If it was my sisters, I love you, Dawn, or I love you, Cindy. My dad was never ashamed to say that he loved me. Now, as a young guy coming up, when you're with all your friends, and your daddy's talking, and he says, I love you, son. And you kind of go, well, you, too, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but that never stopped him. So you know what? It really kind of set the pace for me as I grew older that, you know what? If my guys don't know anything else, I need them to know that I love them. We need them to know that I love them. Okay? My dad was the greatest salesman that ever walked. He just hands down. He, he knew what he wanted to accomplish in sales. He loved his clients. He honored them, and they thought he was the only client they ever had. That's how good he made them feel. He taught me personally so many valuable lessons about sales, about life, but about sales. And one of the things he taught me, um, I'm going to back up just a little bit. When I first started, I started in a territory in Sumter, South Carolina, 
And I just squandered my way around. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And, you know, I, I, I did some, I did okay. And then they moved me to a territory in Aiken, South Carolina, where my wife and I went there and we opened up a small business there. We had our own beauty supply company that was part of my dad's company. And, um, you know, so after a couple of years, in, two, in 1974, they had an opening come up in Charleston. And that's kind of what brought our family to Charleston. And my dad said, son, you're getting ready to go into a whole different world when you go into Charleston versus what you've been accustomed to. Their buying habits are completely different than the buying habits of people up there in Aiken and also in Sumter. So I'm going to help you out. Or I'm going to help you out, whichever one it needs to be. Okay? I'm going to help you out. So my dad said, what I want you to do is I want you to take this. Now, for some of you guys that are not old enough to know what this is, in my time during then, this was called a legal pad because the stuff that you wrote on it was serious stuff, okay? So my dad said, son, what I want you to do is I want you to take this legal pad and I want you to draw a line right down the middle of the legal pad. And on this side, I want you to write Aiken and Old. And on the other side, I want you to write Charleston and new. He said, now, I want you to write down everything you think you've done wrong in sales on this side. Now, I was 22 years old. I hadn't done anything wrong. But my dad said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get you started. I want to help you get started with this. I'm going to help you out. I've been with you, and I know how you sell. And I know that when your clients ask you or they say, David, I want to reorder this or that or whatever we had at the time. He said, I've been with you and I know what your response is. Your response is the same every time. Well, how many do you want? He said, that's a terrible response. He said, that's the kind of response that's going to have you. You're going to be the most broke salesperson that ever walked in the city of Charleston. He said, so here's what I want you to do. This is what I want you to start with. Just remember what I'm telling you and follow this route. Okay. I want you to say, when they ask you that, I want you to say this. Say, you know what? They come 24 in the case. The good news is they're on sale. You buy 18, you get six free. How many cases would you like? I thought, hmm. He just really got smart. You know how long it takes for you to figure out your father's smart or your mother's smart? It takes a long time. But anyway, that was a valuable lesson that he taught me that even to this day, today, I still go back to those, some of those basic same lessons. But... Let me tell you the most valuable lesson my dad ever taught me. He said, son, trust God and honor him in everything you do. And if you do that, I promise you, he will always show up and he will always take care of you. He also told me this. He said, now listen, ask God for the big things. But don't be afraid to ask him for the little things. Because to God, everything's little. Everything's little to God. So ask him for everything. And so that's what I started doing. So today, what I want to have you guys absorb, and hopefully you leave with this, is three things. First thing I want to do is I want to tell you why you can trust God. 
I don't want to tell you what I have to say about it. I want to tell you what this book has to say about it. I want to tell you what this Bible says about why you can trust God. Second thing I want to tell you is I want to tell you that, that Jesus Christ is a welcoming Father. There's no restrictions for what you have to do to come to Jesus. None. Zero. None. All are welcome. Talk to me. I want you to say this. I want you to say all are welcome when I count to three. One, two, three. All right, now wait a minute. First service did much better than that. One, two, three. Good, good. Okay, now we're moving. Now we're moving. Okay, so if that's true, we must matter to God. I love, now I'm not advocating you listen to anybody else's church service. But I don't know about y'all, but if any of you guys ever listened to Joel Osteen, I love how he starts out his service. He holds up the Bible. He says, now, not your holy phone. I'm talking about your Bible. Okay. <laughs> he says, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never, never, never be the same in Jesus' name. Now, you know what? That's the attitude that I believe the Father wants us to have when we open this book, when we start to read this Bible. After I got saved in 1978, I ran from God from a long time, from the time I was a young guy till 1978 when I, I was married and I had two kids and uh, I finally just surrendered my life. And I won't, I'm just going to tell you firsthand from somebody who ran for a long time, it's the biggest mistake I ever made, was running from God. Greatest decision I ever made in my life. The single greatest decision was to turn my life over to Jesus. Second one was to ask this woman to marry me. Now, little did I know that all her life, all she prayed for and asked God for was a Christian husband. And when she got me, I was not. But she got me in line real quick. You know, so I, I, I knew that's what I needed to do. I just needed this encouragement to come along and ask me. But as soon as I got saved, I realized that I really needed to spend time reading this Bible. Now, I'd watched my dad do it. And I knew there was stuff in here that I, I really needed to do. Now, when I got saved in 1978, I, I don't even believe there was another version. It was only one version. The KGV. Y'all know what that is? The King James Version. There's a lot of thou's and these and shalt nots and shallest not and willest thou. And, you know, when I was reading this stuff, I, I just, I couldn't understand a lot of it. And I remember I was in a Baptist church at that time and there was a, uh, an older gentleman who was a deacon. Now, listen, I, I, can you believe I'm telling you there's somebody older? I mean, we, we have passed that stage. I mean, he was much younger than me. But anyway, I remember telling him, I said, Mr. Ed, that was his name, Ed. I said, Mr. Ed, I just, I'm, I'm reading this, but I'm telling you, I just do not understand it. And I never will forget the comment that he made, and it still, it rings in my ears today. This is what he said. He said, David, it's not your job to understand it. It's your job to read it. It's God's job to explain it to you. 
I thought, you know what? I'm going to start reading this. And I'm just going to read it. And when the Holy Spirit reveals something to me, I'm going to make this commitment that, you know what? I'm going to say, yes, sir. And I'm going to try my absolute best to stay in the right lane with him. What I learned about this word as I read it was that this is not, this is not a book of do's and don'ts or you can't do this and you have to do this. This is a book about a Savior that loves you. It's, about, it's a book that lets you know how valuable you are to the Heavenly Father. It's a book that the more you read it, the more you believe it. So this morning, what I want to tell you is that my, my message to you today is there is a Father. There's a Father God. Our Heavenly Father. And He desires that you know that you are very, very, very important to Him. I'll give you, I'm going to give you some scriptures. There's going to be a lot of them. We're just going to sail right through them for time's sake. But in Malachi 3.6, this is what He said, For I am the Lord and I change not. Hebrews 13, 8, it says this. Jesus Christ, the same today as he was yesterday and will be forever. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God doesn't have to change. You know why he doesn't have to change? He doesn't do anything wrong. There's nothing that needs to happen. But guys, I mean, we have to be honest, okay? We need to change, right? Now, let me tell you, I don't know if you know who John Maxwell is, but he's a motivational speaker. He's absolutely amazing. I love listening to him. Never had the opportunity to shake his hand or have coffee with him, or talk to him personally, but I've been to several conferences that he was a guest speaker, and this is what John Maxwell says about change. He says, people change when they hurt enough that they have to. When they learn enough that they want to. And when they receive enough that they're able to. There's nowhere in this Bible that you are demanded to make a change. But there's many places in this Bible that if you decide to make that change, life will come alive for you because of this. Craig Rochelle, I don't know if you know who he is, pastor of a great big church. I also heard him say this same thing, similar to the same thing about change. He said, listen, people don't hate change. They just hate the way we try to make them change. I'm getting ready to make a statement. It's a bold statement. And if you believe it, I want you to say amen. I mean, I want to hear you like you did the second time when I asked you a minute ago. Okay? Change your thinking. Change your life. That's good. That's good. Change your thinking. Change your life. Change your thinking. Change your life. Guys, when I read 2 Timothy... Chapter 2, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. This is what it says. All Scripture. Y'all know how much all is? All. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let me tell you when this resonated inside of me. When the Lord said, I want you to read that in first person. So it says this. 
All scripture is given by the inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that David's slack may be able to be perfect and thoroughly furnished in all good works. That became the foundation of why I believe this book. Now, you guys have heard me. If you've been to anything I've ever said at this church service or anywhere else, you've always heard me say this. I believe this is the inspired word of God. I believe it from Genesis 1, 1, all the way to the maps in the back. I'm just telling you, if it's in this book, I believe it. And, you know, I'll tell you that we, we, we live in a time and we, we have, we've heard it said many, many times that we need to have positive thinking, positive thinking, positive thinking. Listen, I'm not against positive thinking. I'm going to tell you positive thinking will make you feel better, but positive thinking does not change your circumstances and situations. But I am going to tell you this. Positive believing will not only make you feel better, it'll change situations. When Risha said a minute ago, she said when the people were surrounded, when the children of Israel were surrounded and going to be slaughtered, positive thinking would not have done too much for them. You can sit there and say that you don't believe it's going to happen all you want to, but when it happens, you better have some positive believing that this word says you are covered and there is no way I'm going to take my hand off of you. That's when you see things change different in your life. Okay, now let me get back to what my main purpose was. I didn't mean to get on sidetrack with y'all. Okay, all right, Jeremiah 1 and 5 says that God knew you from your mother's womb. In Ephesians 1 and 4, he said he chose you before the foundation of the world. Psalms 139, 4. And we're going to give you all these scriptures if you want them. They say, I, the psalmist says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When my dad reached a certain point in his career, he, th he really decided at the time, I'm going to do what people do when they get to this level. I'm going to get, some, I'm going to get me a custom-made suit. Now, I don't know if custom-made suits are not that big of a thing now, unless you're at a certain level. Or I don't know if anybody wears I don't know. Who cares? My dad wanted a custom-made suit. And he got two custom-made suits. And he loved them. But what I want to tell you is this. Do you know that the Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you know that you are a custom design? Do you know that? Do you know that your Heavenly Father custom designed you for something that he has that is specifically designed for you to do. And there's only one thing that's stopping you from doing it. If you hadn't turned it over to him. Once you open the door to Jesus, all the custom made design suits that you were made for, they're all just hanging there waiting for you to take them and do whatever God has planned for you to do. So I just want to challenge you today and tell you that, listen, you are important to God. Second Peter 3 says, and I want you to just to sink inside of you. It says, it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and all should have eternal life. So if you're wondering, God, I've, maybe I've just done so much. How in the world am I ever going to, how am I going to measure up? Listen, we said earlier, you don't have to measure up. You just have to come. Everybody's welcome with Jesus. In John 1 and 9, it says, if you confess your sins, 
God is faithful. He will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about your father knows your needs before you even ask. You know, as a father, there have been times in my kids' lives, they're all grown now, but there's times in my kids' life that I really knew this is something they really needed. But do you know how important you are to God? Every second of every minute, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year, of the rest of your life, this word says your Father knows what you need before you even ask. An earthly father can give you part of it, but our heavenly father watches over you all the time. And he knows what's best for you. And he desires to give you an abundant life. <laughs> James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift, who, want, who wants a good gift? Listen, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and it comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness. That means he's not going to change his ideas or his mind or anything. And it also says there's no shadow of turning. So you don't have to worry about, well, he did it yesterday, but I don't know if he's going to do it tomorrow. That's who he is. He's God. All of us are tempted. Guys, I just, I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm glad my dad's in heaven. Because if he was still here and saw the stuff that's going on in this world today, I don't know what he'd do. He'd go absolutely nutcase crazy. Would you guys agree that we live in the most unsettling, crazy times of anybody? Nobody could ever imagine that we had gotten as far off track as we are right now. Now, I'm going to tell you something. God's got this. It doesn't look like it. With some stuff that's going on, but I'm telling you, God's got this. He is not sitting in the, on the throne thinking, oh my gosh, what are we going to do next? These guys are doing this, that, and other. This, this word tells us exactly what he's going to do next. He says he's long-suffering. He's going to be waiting. But he also says he's going to be protecting his people. Aren't you glad he protects us? I mean, let's give him a hand of praise. Oh my goodness. In John 1, 18, uh, Philip, well, John 1 and 18 says, no man has ever seen the Father at any time. And Jesus uh, was with his disciples and he was talking about the Father and um, Philip said to him, well, if you show us the Father, we'll be satisfied. And Jesus' response to Philip was, Philip, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. And if you don't believe that, that that's the case, just believe all the stuff that you've seen happen because the Father shows up. In John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you may have life and you have it, may have it more abundantly. Now, 
Let me tell you what John 10.10 says to me, to David. This is not paraphrased. I'm just going to expound on what God has put inside of me. The thief, who is the enemy of God, is Satan. He absolutely hates God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I mean, he, he hates them. Now, I want you to know this. He hates you too. He hates you like he hates God. Because God made you in his image. He hates anything that has a reflection or in any way, shape, or form looks like God. Now, on the other side, Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So, opposite of that is a heavenly father that's really pulling for you. I mean, he really wants to see you live in victory. So you got a father that was willing to do everything to make you one of his children, to release you from the sin that you didn't have anything to do with, you were born with it. And on the other hand, you got an enemy over here that every minute of every hour of every day of every week for the rest of your life is going to try to strip you from everything you have. And his ultimate goal is to kill you. So you got a choice. You can make the decision to move to this side and walk with the Father of love and the Father of lights and the one who has all good things for you. Or you can follow this crazy idiot over here that's trying to take everything away from you. I'm going to bring this to a close. I want to tell you guys this. I want to just kind of circle back a little bit to fatherhood. You, you may be here and you may be like I was. You may have great memories of your dad. And that's a great thing. But I'll tell you this, no matter how good your dad was, he's an earthly father and he can't be supernatural. And he can only love you and he can only put into you at a certain level. But he'll never be able to be what your heavenly father is to you. Now on the other side of this coin, maybe you were here and maybe your relationship with your dad was not so good. And you don't understand his actions. And you can't believe some of the things that transpired. What I want to tell you is this. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not bound by anything earthly. Whether that's father, mother, brother, sister, you are not bound by that. Jesus said, I am come that they may have it life and have it more abundantly. And he also said, listen, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. That where I am, you may be also. If you weren't important, if you weren't special, 
who would go build something for you that you can't imagine what it's going to be like? What Jesus went through for each one of us to have an opportunity to say yes to Him and have your sins forgiven, we might have watched it on the Passion of the Christ, but it ain't nothing compared to what He really went through. What He went through, you'll never understand. You don't have to understand it. You just have to believe it. And when you do, God promises He will write your name in the Lamb's book of life. And no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. And nothing, nothing will separate you from the love of the Father. How many of you want to know you're under the love of a Father that has everything at your best? I challenge you today, don't be stupid like I was. If, if you feel something today, I'm going to tell you, it ain't the enemy. I can tell you. Now, it's the enemy if you're feeling like I don't need nothing to do with this, but that's not the case here. God says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm going to be there in their midst. I believe he's here right now. I believe the Holy Spirit is talking with you guys right now. And he's saying, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden. Cast your cares on me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Eddie, come up and close this out. Would you do that, buddy, please? How many of you guys were encouraged by what Dave had to say this morning? You know, that is true, where, where Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I want to just share with you my personal experience with Dave. He is a dear friend, and we kind of joke around a little bit that uh, we always try to see who can outdo the other one in, in encouraging. But my favorite thing to do with Dave is when I'm discouraged. Because when I get discouraged sometimes, I can call Dave up and say, hey, man, you got a few minutes? You know, I got something I just want to run by you. Usually I don't tell him I'm discouraged. I just say, I got something I need to run by you. I want to get your thoughts on something. And he always says, absolutely. And I'll go during business hours and sit in this man's office. It's got this huge company running the whole thing. I don't feel that way at all. And I'll sort of lay out to him what I'm thinking about. And here's what he doesn't do. Same thing he didn't do this morning. He didn't say, okay, Eddie, let's write some things down, and I'm going to tell you what you need to stop doing. I'm going to tell you what you need to start doing. He didn't do any of that. He'll listen to me, and then he'll start talking. And he doesn't talk about how come his business is successful, and he doesn't talk about his business practices or five things to do to be successful or ten things to do to be better. He always, always, always says, Eddie, let me tell you what the Word of God says. And he'll start preaching to me basically what's in that Bible. He says, Eddie, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what God spoke to me the other day when I was reading it. And I walk out of his office feeling just like it feels in here right now. 
I'm just lighter. I walk out feeling encouraged. I walk out. How many of y'all right now feel like, man, I think I can go out there and pretty much do it. How many of y'all would like to have Dave, like, you could just anytime, hey, Dave, can you go do this with me? Can you go do that with me? How many of you like to have him go to work with you to deal with your coworker? Wouldn't you? Yeah. You know why? Because you just heard the heart of God. That's why. And that's what walking with God is like. I think a lot of people... When you heard Dave say, you know, hey, don't be dumb like me and wait so long. Go ahead and make that decision now. I think we have so many preconceptions in our mind that God is this heavy-handed Father that is waiting for you to say yes so that he can come down on you and come down on you hard because that's what your dad did. I'm going to beat the fire out of you till you start living your life right. Or... A lot of us think, you know what, God's not waiting on me. I'm sure he's waiting on a lot of people, but he's not waiting on me. He doesn't need me to come to him because my dad never did. A lot of different people in the room. But you know what it's like to say yes to God? You ever watch one of those cool videos where you see a dad walking with his kids and dad's holding his kid's hand and they're walking and the kid's got the big old smile on their face and you just feel something on the inside. Something about that picture just looks right and it's because it is right because when you say yes to God, that's exactly what he does. He doesn't say, let's sit down and make a list. He literally takes you by the hand and says, let's take a walk. For the rest of your life, I'm going to be sticking right here by your side. And I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to. You know what? Even when you get mad, even when you don't, you're going to make some dumb decisions. You're going to make some bad choices. I'm not going anywhere. I don't care what your earthly father did. I don't care what your earthly father didn't do. I am perfect, and I do not change, and I want to be your perfect father. So we just want to give you the opportunity this morning to make that choice and make that decision. So I'm just going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're watching online, same thing. I just Go ahead and close your eyes because I just want you to think about this for a moment. Of how easy it is to just say yes. The only, there are no conditions. The only condition is you have to kind of look at your life and say, man, my way's not working. Maybe I should say yes to my heavenly father. Maybe he is as loving and as caring and as kind as his word says he is. Maybe when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And I can read about Jesus and see how his whole ministry was a heart to heal and to help and to make people whole. Maybe I need to let God come into my life because my way just is not working. If that's you, it's very simple to do and we're going to do that real quick. But if you want to do that today, would you just simply lift up your hand? Everybody's got their eyes closed. Just let me see your hand real quick and say, today's the day I need to make that choice. Thank you. Thank you. I need to make that decision. Thank you, both of you guys. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. I just need to make that decision today. Let today be my day. I got you. I need today to be the day that I make that choice and I walk out of here knowing God's holding my hand for the rest of my life. A lot of hands went up. So I want everybody to keep your eyes closed. Everybody online, pray this prayer with me. Father God, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he's your son. He died on the cross for me, for my sin, for my shortcoming. Lord, my life isn't working. I've not been doing right, but I want to do right. 
I want to do life with you. Your way. With you holding my hand. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior so we can walk together for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you give those guys a hand? Yes. Would you give Dave a hand? Dave, step on up here. Give Dave a hand. Come on up here, man. This thing I love about Dave. He, he does not like to be in the spotlight for Dave Slack, ever, never, ever. Trust me, we try to pull him and get him to do things all the daggone time. But if you can put him in a spotlight and give him an opportunity to share the heart of God, man, he's all about it. He is all about it, and I have just always loved that about him. Would you guys stand to your feet? Yeah, give him another hand. So here's what I want to encourage you. This was the kickoff of our summer at Cathedral. And so this is our lead-off batter right here. Now, you know, typically you want your lead-off batter to at least get on base, right? Yeah, that's a good thing. we got to get some run. My man just hit a home run this morning, didn't he? Home run. So now the pressure's on whoever's coming up next week because now, dadgummit, you got to get on base. So he is putting the pressure on the rest, of this, the rest of the summer. Let me just tell you, summer at Cathedral is going to be phenomenal. We have got some speakers lined up for you that are going to pour into you and make you feel just like this every single Sunday. You're going to walk out that door saying, man, I'm glad I came to church today. So I know this summer gets all scattered and things are going everywhere. Do not miss a Sunday morning at Cathedral. If you're out of town, Watch it online because there are going to be some awesome things happening this summer. Lord bless you. Lord keep you. Lord cause his face to shine upon you. I bless all you dads. And oh, quick pointer for you ladies. Quick pointer for the ladies in the room. Dad's going to want to celebrate today, okay? Let me just tell you, nothing is a wonderful gift. That is a real gift, okay? When, you're, when your man says, I don't want to do anything. That is wonderful. It is, it is, it is so amazing. I know you ladies, you're like, what? You, nothing? You don't, you don't want to go here? Go do go No, no, I don't. I want to put golf on TV and fall asleep. That's what I want to do. It is a wonderful gift from our Heavenly Father. So bless you dads as you go out today. Enjoy your rest of the day. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.